you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out TheRestingPlaceTampa.com. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. We thank you for your written word and your rhema word. We thank you, God, that you're always speaking, but we praise you, Lord, that you have spoken. And we honor your word in this place. And we say, whatever you have said in your word, it's for me. Come on, go ahead and say that. Say that's the Lord. Your word is for me. Your word is for me. This word today is for me from your scriptures, God. We believe it and we say yes to what you would guide us in. We ask, Lord, I ask, Lord, uh, for it to be a living word, not just a true word, but the truth, the person of the truth. Uh, we pray for today's speaker. We bless him. Come on, this is a good idea. You should pray for the speaker. We bless him with wisdom and revelation, with a flow from heaven, not his own ideas, but yours, Lord, that you would speak through him today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's a good idea to pray for the speaker. That's, that's for your benefit. It's not for me. That's for you. <laughs> Amen. We are in this series called Discipline, and it's part four. I know discipline has been maybe not a fun word for a lot of you, especially growing up. My wife, she grew up in Spanish Pentecostal church, and they had what was called disciplina, and it was not a fun thing. Disciplina was not fun. If you were under disciplina, you were being punished and it was not good. But we believe that discipline is what's in a disciple. Discipline is what's in a disciple. You need discipline. Amen? Go ahead and look at your neighbor and say, you need some discipline. <laughs> yep, you do. You do. In order to be a disciple, you need discipline. Amen? There needs to be discipline in your life. And the real purpose of this whole series is to really discover the true nature of discipleship. Okay, say the true nature. Because we want to see how it fits in our context. We want to see how it applies for us. It's not just those guys back in the day who wore, you know, the Jesus sandals and the, the sacks with leather straps. You know, you've seen the Jesus films. You've seen those? You know, have you seen the really funny mock-up where they have the voiceovers? It's so funny. Anyway, I don't even know how you should, should find that, but maybe you should Google it. Voiceover Jesus film. It's hilarious. They make Jesus say things that, like, most like common churches say and it doesn't even fit in his mouth and they say it in a funny voice because it's not what he said but it's what we preach and yeah it's hilarious if you want a good like convicting laugh go ahead and look that up on youtube anyway the true nature of discipleship and how it fits in our context that's our purpose here Okay, so today in this series, part four, last week with Scott Smiley, didn't do an incredible job, an amazing job. Come on, he's watching in South Tampa right now. Go ahead and give him a hand clap. Come on. I almost forgot to welcome in our South Tampa campus and our microsites watching. Hello, we bless you. We have microsites all over the States and even in Germany uh, who are tuning in right now. So God is moving and showing us exactly what discipleship looks like through amazing teachings by like Pastor Scott, it was incredible. If you didn't get it, you should have. You should go back and watch it. It's all on our YouTube channel. And today, we're going to talk about how and who. How should we plan to disciple people? And who are those people we're called to disciple? How and who? I think it's important. So we're going to go back to the cornerstone verse of the series, Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20. This is commonly known as the Great Commission. It's a mission to co-labor with God, a co-mission, a mission to do something with the Lord, 
Okay? We're going to read it out of the Passion Translation. And even if you heard this a million times, just hear it with new ears, you know? So good. It says, Jesus came close to them and said, all the authority of the universe has been given to me. Now, wherever you go, say wherever you go. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to faithfully follow all that I have commanded you. And never forget that I am with you. Say, I am with you. Every day, even to the completion of this age. That's a promise from the Lord to do this with you. I think we have this idea that Jesus like set him on mission and then peaced out. It was like, all right, figure it out. I'll be up here on a cloud somewhere. You know, that's not what he said. He said, I'm with you. I'm not with you physically. I'm with, it's even better than that. I'm in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. And believe me, that's better. The disciples were like grieved that he's leaving. He's like, it's better. It's better that I go away. I believe it's John 16. He said, it's actually to your benefit because the comforter can come and the comforter will lead you into all the truth. Let me help you with something. All truth is from Holy Spirit, but only Holy Spirit leads you into all truth. So if it's true, it came from God and it can come out of anybody's mouth. You can receive truth from anywhere. We talked about this earlier in the series. Disciple means learner, right? You should be willing to learn from any vessel. All truth is from Holy Spirit, but only Holy Spirit will lead you into all of the truth. So if you want the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help you God. God will help you by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the point. And he's with you. He's with you, leading you on a mission with you. We can't think God is up there making sure we do a good job, looking down going, hmm, did they disciple nations today or not? You know, he's with you, within you, working together, co-laboring, co-mission. When you hear the word great commission, I want it to change to a great union mission, a mission in union with God, a co-mission, co-laboring with God. Amen? But if we're to do this, if we're to carry the great commission, the question is how? Seems like a big deal. Make disciples of every nation? That's like a lot of people, you know? So how are we to actually make disciples of every nation? What is the plan? I'm going to give you a key today that I believe is going to give you a lot of freedom, all right? Because we have a, in the church a very linear and small box when it comes to discipleship. I'll explain that in a minute. But this will break open the box for you today. Even if it doesn't at first, just stick with me. I'd like to submit to you that there is a key to open the door for all nations. It's called organic impartation. Organic impartation. I'll define that for you in a minute. But say it with me. Organic impartation. Because here's what discipleship usually looks like in our modern context. It's a coffee shop really early in the morning with a Bible study. Yeah? Anybody been to one of those? Why are they so early? Why, why 5.45 at Starbucks? Like, I'm not going. Stop inviting me. I'm not coming. I lead a church called The Resting Place. I really value my rest. Okay? Like, if you're really spiritual, just show up to the pastor's meeting like, we all got to eat lunch too. Like, why? Why early? Why? Anyway, it's just, it's a coffee shop with a Bible study or a bookstore study, right? You know, that's discipling people. It's a life group with, guess what? A Bible study or a book study. Or it's a church class with a Bible study or a book study. That's when you know you're really discipling people, right? None of these are bad. 
I've been a part of them, okay? I've done them, I've, I've led them, I've gone to them, you know? None of them are bad, but let me just point out something. They're often forced and fruitless. And you know what I'm telling you is true because you've been there, you've done that, you got the t-shirt, you completed the book and didn't change. Mm-hmm. Forced and fruitless. I'm not saying they all that way. Some people are graced for that. I know people that if they invited me and it wasn't so early, I'd be going because they actually have a grace for that. They actually have a gift for that. That's their way of discipling people, okay? But not everybody is like that. Not everyone is called to be a teacher, right? Not everyone is called to do it that way. I, just so you know, if you haven't picked up on already, I'm not very pastoral, okay? I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I have very little pastoral anointing, okay? But in my weakness, God is proven strong, amen? However, I know my gifting. It's apostolic. I'm strategy. I'm an apostolic teacher. I think strategy, I can implement, I can execute, I can motivate, and I can teach you why we need to be doing what we're doing. That's what I do in my sleep. That's what I'm gifted for, okay? So if we're having a conversation and you're telling me about like your struggles and your needs and everything, guess what's happening in my head? Like 15 scriptures in order to equip you out of that situation. And it's love for me to not even speak because I have so many things to say to you. If I'm waiting to speak, consider it a compliment, okay? I'm saying it's a struggle for me to not teach you something, all right? Because I'm just, I'm full of it. It's in there. It's coming out. I've got a Rolodex. It's always 10 scriptures for your problem. Here you go, you know? Some of you, people start talking to you about this stuff, and you, you just have nothing to say, and you just sit there and listen. You're like, I just want to be here for you. I'm like, that's a miracle. I could never do that. <gasps> They're like totally content to sit and listen. Nope, not me. Those are the pastoral people. And I'm, I'm pointing that out because we have different giftings and yet we've tried to disciple the same way. You know, we're actually extremely diverse in the way we operate, but we've said, okay, disciple nations, Bible study time. I think it's a problem. We need a grace-filled approach that isn't forced. What I want to do today is get everybody off the bench and into the game, okay? And no, that's not a Buccaneers reference, even though they shall beat the Green Bay Packers today and head to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I plead with you, Lord. <laughs> Listen, they're called the Buccaneers. They're pirates. So my logical reasoning is the heathen needs salvation. So I'm praying for them to be rescued. Amen? <laughs> You're like, this guy's lost it. I love the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm a third generation Tampa native, okay? It's in my blood, all right? I'm from here. This is my team. I'm excited. Anyway, we need a grace-filled approach that gets everyone involved instead of forcing you into this very small box. Does that sound like a good idea? Yeah? Sound like a, like a plan here? Organic impartation, here's the definition. You remember those two words I gave you earlier? Here's the definition. It looks like being a source of God's power and love every day, wherever you are. Being a source of God's power and love every day, everywhere you are. Organic impartation. I look at the life of Jesus and I'm like, how did he disciple others? You know what he didn't say to the disciples? He didn't say, hey, Peter, come study me. 
He didn't. He didn't sit them down with the Isaiah scroll and said, let me break this apart for you and show you how this applies to your life and give you three takeaways, you know. He didn't do that. He said, follow me. Did he teach? Yes, at the appropriate time, right? He taught, but that wasn't what he did all the time. That wasn't how he discipled these people. He said, follow me. He did. They were actually together on a mission. Jesus lived his life on mission, right? Only doing what the Father was doing, only saying what the Father was saying. Amen? So there's no lack of intentionality. There's just a lack of this linear thinking in the life of Jesus. He's like, hey, come on, let's go. And they're walking along, and then there's a crowd, because there's always a crowd with Jesus, and the disciples, they don't even know who this guy is, you know? You look through the Gospels, and look at the disciples react to Jesus, okay? Remember the boat thing with the storm, and he calms the winds and the waves? You remember that story? You know what they say when that happens? They go, who is this guy? The disciples, like Peter, James, are like, who is this guy? All right. They just were following a dude. They don't even know who he is. He said, hey, you follow me? And they're like, okay. And they start following. You look like a, one of those rabbi dudes. Okay, I'll, I'll follow you. And he just brought them. He didn't say, here's what we're going to do. Here's what you need to know. Here's where you're failing in your personal life. Let's work on these three things. Get back to me in a month. He said, come on, let's go together. They run into a problem or two. There's thousands of people. They're all hungry. And the disciples go, Jesus, they're, they're all hungry. Get, send them away to get some food. And then here comes the key of organic impartation. Jesus doesn't say, let me give you a five-point message on how I am the bread of life. I am their resource. No, he just said, you feed them. Like, we can't, we don't have, we, it would cost us, we, we don't have the money for that. We, we don't even know where to buy it. We can't feed them. He goes, okay, what do you got? And they bring the two loaves, right? The fishes and the loaves. He says, oh, that'll work. Give it to me. He breaks the bread, gives thanks, give, breaks the bread. And it says, hand that out. And it multiplies in front of them. You think there was a discipleship moment there? Yeah? Uh-huh. Organic impartation. Oh, there's a problem. Let's see how Jesus overcomes the problem. This is how. Being a source of God's power and love every day, everywhere you go. Come on. They were together on a mission. Paul said it this way, 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. All you prophetic people should love this one. One, 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 one. Yeah. He said, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. This is the, think about this. This is the greatest theologian uh, ever, in my opinion. The, de definitely the greatest theologian of the New Testament. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And he didn't say, hey, Corinth, make sure to break apart my letter I just wrote you, memorize half of it, and make sure to study it constantly. He said, no, imitate me. I'm not saying study is bad. I do it. I get paid to study the Bible. I don't know if you know this. That's my job. I love it. I have lots of Bibles. Open any of them, and they will prove to you that I study the Bible, okay? I love studying the Bible. Yes, we're to show ourselves you know, a workman approved, right? Ready in season and out of season with a defense for the hope that we have. You should study the word, amen? I'm just saying it's not the only form of discipleship. It wasn't even the greatest theologian and teacher of the New Testament. It wasn't even his only form of discipleship. He said, imitate me. Do what I do. Come on. 
I love this verse in, the, in, the, in Romans, Romans 12.1, in the message paraphrase, we wrote that song, You Have My Yes. You might have sang it in here before. The first verse comes from this. This is so good. He says, here's what I want you to do. Paul speaking again, but to the Romans. Here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. How are we to disciple people? You go to work. You be a source of power and love at work, at lunch. You just set yourself up to be a funnel of heaven. And when it, the time is right, a word in season, you release it. A lot of people, I wish I had my paper Bible. I did it last night. A lot of people know the word, and they're swinging the sword out of season. You know what that does? It does what Peter did in the garden. It lops off the ear of the one you're trying to speak to. You deafen the hearer when you speak a word out of season. It might be a true word, but it's not the truth if it's out of season. The truth is a person. He has a personality. He knows when to speak and when to be silent. Come on. So we're like, well, they're acting that way. They need this scripture. <laughs> Chopping off ears. You know what Jesus does after that? He comes and heals their ear. He comes, cleans up your mess. So check with the Lord before you swing the sword. I'm begging you. Check with the Lord. Is this what they need right now? In its right time, you're sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. Do all of you sleep? Yeah? Do all of you eat? Huh? Do all of you go to work? I hope. Yeah? You have a daily life. Amen? You can use that as an offering to the Lord. And this is how we disciple nations. You being yourself as a source of power and love. Somebody comes into your workplace, they're not feeling well. You say, hey, can I pray for you? Sure. You just pray right there. Jesus, I release healing over my, my friend here in your name. Amen. You don't have to get super weird. In fact, I'm begging you not to. It's called the supernatural for a reason, okay? It's supernatural, not super odd, all right? It's not super weird. Some people think they need 10 shambas and a dance and a shofar just to pray for the sick. It's not, it's not. It says they'll lay hands on the sick, see them fully recover. Let me help you. I'll break your religion right now. You don't even have to pray. Mark 16, check me. Jesus said, lay hands on the sick, you'll see them fully recover. I touched a dude's head once at a conference in Orlando. His last name is, well, I don't want to tell you his name. His first name is Kevin. Anyway, verified doctor x-rays later, a metal box left his brain. It disappeared because I touched his head out of a beating floor. I didn't say anything. I didn't pray. The Lord said, touch his head. I touched his head. He fell down looking like a seizure. It was creepy. I walked away. He found me later, showed me the x-rays. Metal box disappeared. I didn't pray. I touched him. You want to know why I stand at the door as y'all leave? And I am not praying. Any sickness doesn't, I, I do pray before. I'm like, don't let any sickness pass me out this door. Boom, boom, boom. They will lay hands on the sick and see them fully recover. I'm not saying praying is bad. I'm not saying study is bad. I'm saying organic impartation is the key. 
Just do what's natural and let him add his super. Are you with me? All right. Here's another example. Jesus, there's this one story in John chapter four. He's taking a break. He's tired. John chapter four. He sends his disciples away. He says, hey, get head into town. They're outside of a, a town called Sychar. Uh, I believe that is correct. Yes. This is the woman at the well, Sychar. You know what Sychar means? It means drunk. It means drunk, like drunkenness. He's outside of a town named Drunkenness, and he's sitting by a well. And sitting by that well, because he's tired, it says he's weary from the journey. Did you know Jesus gets tired? Yeah, so why are you trying to fake that you're not tired? Like, I'm not tired, I'm not tired. Oh, no. No, I'm tired, y'all. Caleb is tired. Okay, I'm tired today. Jesus got tired. I think it's okay. All right? He's weary from his journey. He sits down. He's got, I imagine Jesus just sitting there against a tree or whatever, feet up, sitting at the well, you know? He's a well on a well. A well sitting on a well. He actually sealed Jacob's well so that you wouldn't drink from the old covenant, but from the new. Anyway, he's outside of a town called Drunkenness and a lady walks up to get a drink. And Jesus is tired. And he just says, hey, give me a drink. She goes, you don't have anything to draw water with? He's like, if you knew who was speaking, you'd ask me for a drink. Striking up conversations with strangers while tired. Okay, why? Because he had a word from the Lord. I wonder how many times Jesus was just sitting there and other people passed him by. You know, we actually have only three, scholars estimate three to three and a half months of the three years of Jesus's ministry life in the Bible. I want you to think about this. Three and a half months of the three years of Jesus's ministry life. That's what's written down. So think about all that other time. Yeah, he was doing miracles and doing crazy stuff, good stuff, but none of it got written down. I'd like to just submit a thought to you. Maybe it was just ordinary life. It's like, we walked around the lake again. No, let's leave that part out. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? And Jesus prayed again. No, let's just say he often got away with the Father. That's what, let's just cover it all with that one line right there. You know? Think of just three and a half months out of three years. Noah's going on the rest of that time. Jesus, Peter, John, they're all sitting around hanging out, asking questions, just being people, getting lunch. And then bang, miracles would break out. And then the disciples say, hey, what was that about? And you go, oh, I'll tell you. Organic impartation. This is how Jesus modeled discipleship. He said, let's be in relationship, be in our lives together. I'm on a mission. Come with me on the mission. And I will impart to you along the way. This is how. The woman at the well, by the way, her name is Potini. She became one of the greatest evangelists ever. She's listed among the church fathers. Like there's the Apostle John, Apostle Peter, Apostle Potini. She's written of in church history, but insecure men have tried to blot her out. I'm bringing her back. Potini is her name. Check her out. You can Google it. P-H-O-T-I-N-I. -I. You can Google this woman. You'll read about her. She's amazing. She led so many people to Jesus. She walked into a town. In fact, she walked into her town after that moment. She's the first one to turn an entire city to Jesus. First evangelist to turn an entire city over to the Lord. Yeah. A woman. Mm-hmm. 
So how? How does she get discipled? Jesus just was sitting there tired, asked her a question, struck up a conversation. And then bang, her life was changed. He got a word of knowledge, all stuff. He came out of an organic impartation. I think if you go back and read the Gospels, you'll see organic impartation after organic impartation over and over and over. Some of it even looks a little, uh, dare I say, sloppy. <laughs> a little misinformed or uninformed. You remember the woman that touched his garment? He's walking in the crowds. There's people crowding all around him, pushing. Jesus can't go anywhere without a crowd. And then a lady pulls on his garment. He's like, who touched me? He doesn't even know. He's saying, who touched me? You know? Maybe he knew he's God, but he's acting like he didn't know. All right? I don't want to dive into the whole sovereign omniscience conversation right now. I'm just trying to point out that the lady pull, touches his cloak. She gets healed. And she, he says, who touched me? And the disciples like, everybody's touching you, bro. There's crowds grabbing you from everywhere. He's like, no, somebody touched me. And he's had to look, you know? It was just happening organically around Jesus. I believe that those who would come after him must walk in the way that he walked. First John says that. And we're all trying to form it into a nice, neat 30-minute study at Starbucks before God is even awake at 5.45 in the morning, all right? <laughs> Don't quote me on that. It was a joke. I know he is not a man that he would slumber. I know that this is stuff they clip out on YouTube and they accuse you of stuff. It's good. Anyway, that's how organic impartation, say organic impartation. All right, let's talk about who real quick, and I've got to rush now. Who is called to disciple others? I'd like to submit to you that if you are a disciple, you're called to disciple. And what I just said this entire time should make that a lot easier. You know, if you are a disciple of Jesus, you're called to disciple. But it doesn't have to look like this with a microphone. It doesn't have to look like a Bible study at your workplace or a prayer meeting or a citywide revival. It has to look like you being a source of power and love every day, everywhere you go. It's not just those who are called to work at church. It's not just those who have been to cemetery, seminary. It's not just those who have a training. I need to stop making that joke, but it feels good every time. <laughs> Some are called to go to seminary. Some are not. You remember the guy with the legion of demons? It's in Mark chapter 5, if you want to look it up, verse 1 through 20. Jesus delivers this guy of demons. He's in a cave with chains bound and naked, okay? He's, he like scrapes himself on the rocks, all this stuff. He's too dangerous to be in the public. So they've got him in a cave somewhere. He comes out and bows before Jesus. Jesus casts out a legion of demons, okay? The townsfolk found him in his right mind, but they're upset because all the spirits that were in him went into the pigs and they ran off the cliff. First case of deviled ham, you know, and they were not a fan. And so... <laughs> <laughs> it's just <laughs> you haven't well it's a bad church joke anyway so, they find him in his right mind and he's sitting there for the first time like sober minded not demonically possessed and he says Lord let me follow you and Jesus says no he says instead go to your friends and family declare what I've done for you and he actually goes to the Decapolis if you look that up, it's the merging of 10 cities. It was the busiest marketplace connection on the planet at the time. Jesus sent this guy into the marketplace, into the, literally the highways and byways, the center point of all of it. The guy was naked like chewing on rocks yesterday, 10 minutes ago. And Jesus is like, no, no, you got what you need, go. We would be like, oh, well, hold on. We need a few months of 
consistency. He's out of that lifestyle now. So, whoa, whoa, whoa. We need to put him through a program. Make sure. We can't trust this guy. He, don't you know where he comes from? Jesus is like, yeah. And I know what he's going to say too. What's he going to do? He's going to go into the Decapolis and be like, hear ye, hear ye. Psalm chapter 124, verse 7 says, no. The dude was naked yesterday. Okay. He's going to go, hey, everybody. I was demonically possessed yesterday. You might not believe me because I got clothes on, but I lived in a cave for the last two years. And then a man named Jesus came. And he said, come out and deliver me of all my demons. I'm in my right mind for the first time. And people are going to go, really? Like, yes, really. And that man is making disciples of nations. Some of y'all are like, oh no, I can't. I can't disciple anyone. I don't know the scriptures. I don't have the Bible memorized. Well, you got clothes on. You qualify. Apparently, it's all it takes. <laughs> Not living in a cave. No, here's what it takes. An encounter with Jesus. That's who is called to disciple others. Have you met him? Do you know him? Tell somebody about it. At the right time in the right way as he leads you. If that doesn't qualify you, man, I don't know what will. So that answers who should be discipling. Now, who should we disciple? Okay, we're talking about how and who. Are you tracking with me here? Yeah? You're all qualified to disciple. Amen? Now, who should you disciple? Well, when it says in Matthew 28 that we're called to make disciples of every nation, that word nation is very important. I think sometimes we hear this and we think, I got to go to Africa or Zimbabwe. Or we think nations like that. He's not talking about geographical lines. It is the Greek word ethnos. It's where we get the word ethnic group from. It's a race or a nation. The nations. Ethnos means uh, forming a custom or a culture. Properly, people joined by practicing similar customs or common culture. So are there people around you that have similar customs or a common culture? That's a nation you're called to disciple. Look to your left. You'll find another nation in this room. All right? There are people who love the Buccaneers. That's one nation. And those who do not. Okay? Some who think it's all about Brady and he's the savior of the Buccaneers. And others who know about our defensive line and the building that we've done over the last five years. Our staffing and coaching. Anyway, I'm talking about my tribe now. I'm talking about tribe. My ethnos. I got some people coming over later. I'm going to disciple them into intercession for the Buccaneers. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> and you better believe there might be a question, and I'll answer it, and we'll just talk, and we'll, we'll be friends, and we'll be hanging out. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, married couple, that's an ethnos. Married with kids, different ethnos. Yeah? Oh, yeah, some of y'all with kids know what I'm talking about. I, I, you want to invite me places, but I've got a three-year-old who thinks he's the, you know, he thinks he's a dinosaur one second, a dog the next second, a giraffe, a horse, and he acts like those, and he runs amok, all right? So if you invite me somewhere, I got to think through a few problems right now, like is your house childproof? Have you ever had a three-year-old Judah there? Because if not, 
I don't know if we can come. Or I need to get a babysitter. I have a, I have a problem with my ethnos that you might not have and you might not understand. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Singles, that's an ethnos. And it doesn't mean there has to be a singles life group and a married life group and all that stuff. I'm saying you have a sphere of influence in your ethnos, a nation to disciple right in front of your eyes. Okay, so every believer is called to disciple the nations, but not every believer is called to travel to them. We got to break this thing. Every believer is called to disciple the nations, but not every disciple is going to travel to the nations. Missionary work is the call of some, not of everyone. Okay? In fact, if everybody leaves the U.S. and goes on mission, who gets discipled around here? Some of y'all have been have had such a high bar, like that's what it looks like to disciple nations, you've disqualified yourself. And I'm trying to show you it's a lot easier than that. Organic impartation to the people in groups around you is the call of every disciple. I'm going to say it again. Organic impartation to the people in groups around you is the call of every disciple. What is organic impartation? One more time. It's being a source of power and love to everyone, everywhere you go. Even like high school, that's an ethnos, right? Middle schoolers, like, I'm apparently not cool anymore. I'm too old to be cool. I don't know the language, okay? I, I use slang from my high school days, and these, these kids, they look at me, they're like, what? That's why I'm not the youth pastor. Jimmy keeps up with all that stuff. It's exhausting. I don't do that. He figures it out. And he tells me, Caleb, that's not, no, don't say it like that. I'm like, oh, okay. Because he knows that ethnos. I don't know it, you know? I thought TikTok was a clock. I didn't even know it was an app. I didn't even know. I was straight up. I didn't even know about that. I'm like, what? You know, I got, I got the Facebook. I'm off MySpace. I'm on Facebook, you know? So anyway, I hope you're hearing what I'm saying. You're called to disciple ethnos, ethnic groups. Every ethnos around you, okay? Business professional, that's an ethnos. Stay-at-home mom, that's an ethnos. Hello? And you need to be okay with whatever ethnos God has trusted you with and stop missing an opportunity to impart to them because you're thinking of some, you know, far-off place. You're called to disciple every nation. Here's how you're going to do it. Organic impartation to people and groups all around you. Everywhere you go. Does that make it a little easier for you? Yeah? Can you love someone near you this week? You're going to disciple a nation. Can you pray for the sick around you tomorrow? You can disciple nations. Are you with me? And I know he says, teaching them to follow everything that I've commanded you. But we do that as a group. Some teach specifically teaching. Some just gather. Some bring people into community. That, we need all of it. Amen? This is how and who. It's what's in a disciple. We need to be disciplined about creating a space of power and love. It needs to be intentional. You need to put your work day before the Lord, driving into work, and go, Lord, whatever happens today, I just want to do it unto you. And you might not pray for anybody, but you might show up on time. And you might respect your boss in your thoughts and your words. All of that is unto the Lord as well. All of that is an invitation into the kingdom. Are you with me? Amen. Would you stand? We're going to pray. And I talked long. I apologize. But apparently you needed it. Because <laughs> remember, you prayed. And you said, Lord, speak. We're just going to trust that that happened. I don't know.
Just put your hand on your heart and say, Lord Jesus, use me as a source of your power and love every day, everywhere. That's our prayer, God, that we would be a source of your power and love. We would be vessels of your power. We wouldn't shrink back from a fight. We would declare your goodness and your mercy, and we would see your spirit move, your love, your patience, your kindness move. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to care for those around us, to have compassion on every ethnos, every nation that you bring into our path. God, I pray right now, I break the lie that none of these here are qualified. You qualify us, Lord. It's your spirit in us that qualifies us to disciple nations. So Lord Jesus, we say yes to being your disciples and to making disciples. Come on, would you pray that for me? Say yes, Lord. I say yes to being your disciple and to making disciples of every people group around me. Come on, of every person I come in contact with. I'll do it organically. I'll do it supernaturally. I'll do it in partnership with you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out theRestingPlaceTampa.com.